Hi, this is Laura Bulgreen, and today, as we begin our audio devotional that will be following along with our teaching series at Watermark called Encounters, we'll be looking at the story of Deborah and Barak found in Judges chapter 4. The story begins in verse 1. After Ehud's death, the Israelites again did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord turned them over to King Jabin of Hazor, a Canaanite king. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Herosheth Hagoim. Sisera, who had 900 iron chariots, ruthlessly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help. Deborah, the wife of Lapidoth, was a prophet who was judging Israel at the time. She would sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites would go to her for judgment. One day she sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, who lived in Kadesh in the land of Naphtali. She said to him, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. Call out ten thousand warriors from the tribes of Naphtali and Zebulun at Mount Tabor, and I will call out Sisera, commander of Jabin's army, along with his chariots and warriors, to the Kishon River. There I will give you victory over him. Barak told her, I will go, but only if you go with me. Very well, she replied, I will go with you. But you will receive no honor in this venture. For the Lord's victory over Sisera will be at the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. At Kadesh, Barak called together the tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali, and 10,000 warriors went up with him. Deborah also went with him. When I first learned that I would get to talk about this particular story, I was looking forward to it. As a woman in leadership and ministry, I'm always excited about any time there's an opportunity to slow down and celebrate the strong and wise women who are found in the narrative of Scripture. But as I spent some time with this story and these characters again, something new stood out to me. I noticed the way that I have always read this exchange between Deborah and Barak through a filter of shame. I don't know if this is how the story was always taught to me or if I filled in some of the gaps myself with my own imagined narrative, but if I were to retell the story, it would always go something like this. One day, Deborah sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, and she said to him, The Lord commands you to call out 10,000 warriors to oppose Sisera, commander of Jabin's army, and he will give you victory. Barak told her, I will go, but only if you go with me. And Deborah heaved a reluctant sigh and said, fine, but my goodness, if you needed all this help, then you would better believe that all of the blessings that would have been in store for you if you had just had a bit more gumption will be ripped away from you and given to a woman instead. How embarrassing. Now, maybe that sounds a bit extreme to you, or maybe you can relate, but That is always how I've heard this story and always how I've read and thought about this story. But I was challenged when I heard someone talking about it and pointing out that that's not actually what the text says. The actual recorded story in Judges gives us a picture of a much easier and more comfortable exchange. Deborah sends for Barak and gives him the Lord's orders. And Barak agrees, but asks for Deborah to go along with him for support. And Deborah agrees. She says that she will, without fussing about it or without giving any conditions. And and then she kind of just says, oh, and by the way, just so you know, this is how it's all going to go down. The Lord is going to gain victory for himself through these wildly unexpected means, through the hands of a woman. And that's it. That's the story. (laughs) She doesn't shame Barak for wanting her to come along with him. 
She doesn't tell him that because he asked for help, God was totally changing plans or, or that he was missing out on honor that could have been his. She doesn't explain that God's victory would come through the hand of a woman because that would be somehow dishonoring to Barak. In fact, I think it reads more like a celebration of such a gloriously unexpected way that God would bring about victory for his own honor. So why have I always read this story so differently? I think that we all like to think that we approach scripture totally clear of any preconceived notions, fully free from any kind of bias or opinions that could possibly affect the way we read and interpret this sacred text. We'd like to think that we approach the word of God totally neutrally, open to exactly what the text says at face value. But the reality is, I think more often than not, we all have a certain filter or lens through which we read the Bible. Our understanding of the stories and words is impacted by our upbringing, our culture, our life experience, the way we see the world. And especially when we're not aware of that filter, when we don't intentionally challenge it or question it or set it aside, I think it can sneak up and impact us the most. So for me, and, and for any of you listening who may be related with my version of Deborah's story, that has often been a lens or filter of shame. I'm, I'm a big feeler, which would surprise none of you who know me. <laughs> I'm, I'm a highly sensitive type. Bless my heart. And that means that for a lot of my life, I've been highly susceptible to shame. I've lived in a nearly constant state of being afraid that I wouldn't know enough. I wouldn't be able to do enough or be enough. And I'm especially afraid to ask for help. Somewhere along the way in my life, I, I picked up this message that I was made to help, but never to need help. I was meant to offer myself fully on behalf of others. My time, my resources, my mental or emotional energy, whatever ounce of strength I have, it's yours for the taking. But too often, that generosity wasn't out of genuine love, but rather a grasping to prove myself to show that I'm worth something, to show that I have something to offer, which meant that if I ever found myself in the really vulnerable position of actually needing something myself, my sense of value and worth began to crumble around me. So with that filter impacting my approach to scripture, that meant that when I have approached a story like Deborah and Barak, it's just already set up to confirm my worst fears. Because I read about a man asking for help, and then my filter of shame shows me that he is met with scorn and with a removal of blessings, and I think I knew it. I knew it wasn't safe to ask for help. I knew I had to just power through and figure it out on my own, or else God and everyone would think I'm a failure, they'd be disappointed, and I would miss out on life's blessings. I knew it. Do you see how our preconceived notions can bind us up? and totally blind us to the actual good news of God's word. Because when my filter was challenged, when I was invited to set that aside and actually read the story just for what it says, that story actually becomes a word of grace. I see the humility of Barak confessing that he doesn't feel up for the task alone being met with the grace and kindness of Deborah, reassuring him that she would go with him. 
I see Deborah giving Barack a heads up about how things would go down. Maybe so he isn't surprised that the Lord's plan involves this unexpected twist. Maybe so that he doesn't feel like he has failed when all is said and done because he wasn't the one to kill the commander. And when I read it that way, it's so kind. It's so full of grace. And it turns this story that had the potential to deepen my pain and further crush my spirit into a story that challenges false beliefs I've held and invites me to a more free and abundant life. And isn't that what truth is meant to do? So today, I want to invite you to consider, as you hear this story specifically, what catches your attention? What did you notice about the way that you heard the story of Deborah and Barak? And what is standing out to you today? And in general, what filter or lens do you find that you bring to the, to the table when you approach scripture? What, what filter are you often reading scripture through? And what would it look like to begin practicing setting that aside? So God, we pray that as we go through this encounter series together, would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear your truth as it actually is, not as we assume it to be. And may that truth be such that transforms our hearts and sets us free and invites us into more abundant life. Amen. <laughs>